Hey there, you awesome nerds. Welcome back to Pitch Slapped. My name is Kelly Hillier and this is the podcast where we delve into everything to do with Pitch Perfect. Coming up this week, I am pretty excited as we like to delve into different ships here on Pitch Slapped, finding out all about the different ships that people love, the different characters they like to put together. And this week, we're going to be delving into the world of Bemily. Becca Mitchell and Emily Junk. Because Bemily Week is coming up. And so in preparation for Bemily Week, I had the opportunity to speak to one of the people who were involved in putting it all together and preparing us for Bemily. So I'm excited for that. We've also got some fan fiction highlights for you, including a really angsty story about death. So let's get into it with our celebrity news. First up, big announcement from Britney Snow. An article by The Hollywood Reporter has said that Britney Snow will be returning to the horror genre in a new film, which currently is being titled X. It's being shot in New Zealand, which means that we now have an understanding as to why she went to New Zealand and was in quarantine for two weeks. The film will also be starring Kid Cudi and Jenna Ortega. There's not a lot that we know about it yet. It's all being kind of kept under wraps, but we are being told that the horror will be taking place around the making of an adult film. So watch this space. It sounds intriguing. It just means that now we're going to be looking out for more news to trickle down as we wait for it. Also in the article, as just a little side note, they also mentioned that Snow is also preparing for her first feature, which she co-wrote. So I'm intrigued what this is all about. It was just under the title 9-17, so we don't know that much, but something to look out for. In other news, Shelley Regner posted on her Instagram stories over the last week that the film that she's in called Adverse is now showing. It came out on the 12th of February and it's an award-winning drama and suspense film about a rideshare driver who discovers that his sister is in debt to a dangerous crime syndicate. It's a very kind of gritty film and she's not in it a lot, but... In the trailer, I saw her like maybe twice. So like something to look out for. But it's interesting seeing her delving into new projects. And this is quite a grittier thing. And finally, Ben Platt has got a TikTok. Can we just appreciate this for a second? It took a while, but now Ben Platt has got a TikTok. And is one of those people that I was like, I wonder what he would do if he had one. Because he sometimes did things on his Instagram stories or he'd play a song or something. And so I was so intrigued when he was like, I now have a TikTok. His TikTok account is called Ben Platypus. And he only has a few videos on there right now, but one of them includes a cover of a Wicked song. There's a bad version of Dolly Parton, the Dog Mirror Challenge, and also there's a duet on there as well. But... I think it's off to a great start and I can't wait to see what he's going to do next.
That's it for our act news this week. Let's delve into the world of Beverly and then we'll be heading in to our fan fiction highlights. So there are so many ships in the Pitch Perfect fandom and one of them is Bemily, which I must admit, I don't know that much about, but Bemily Week is coming up. I saw it popping up on my Tumblr and I was like, this is so interesting. I want to know more about Bemily Week and Bemily. So I got in contact with the creators of Bemily Week and I'm very, very grateful to be able to have Angie on right now. Hi, Angie. Hi, Kaylee. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about Bemily. I'm excited. Yeah, thanks for having me on to share about Bemily. Um, so for those who don't know, you are Emily Junk on Tumblr. Yep. And Where Hope Lies on AO3. Yep, you got it. Can you tell us a little bit about your sort of work on Tumblr or like what you do and who you are? Sure. Well, like you said, I'm Angie on Tumblr. I'm kind of just a smorgasbord fandom blog, but mostly Pitch Perfect, I guess. But all sorts of Pitch Perfect things, not just Bemily. Mostly I write for Bemily on AO3, but I've also pretty much written like all the Pitch Perfect ships at one point and a lot of other ships too for different fandoms. I'm just kind of all over the place, but I would say that like Pitch Perfect and Bemily are my main two fandoms. I like this well that you said that you delved into a number of the different ships and kind of done stuff around them as well. Yeah, I started off as most people did with the Chloe, but kind of then after that, I was getting into more of the rare pairs just because they're super fun. So I've done like Stecka and a little bit of Mitchson. I did that and I've done like Stemily and just all of them pretty much. One time I did Flo and Chloe even, so I've done it all. I did see that one on your AO3 account. There was like Flo and Chloe. What's it Flo? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that happened, but I was I just got some inspiration and I was like, I'm gonna try this. It was weird, <laughs> but it was fun. I love it. What is it about rare pairs that you enjoy? I don't know. I feel like there's not a lot that's been explored with them. So there's like a lot more opportunity to like create new things. That haven't been done and especially like in a franchise like Pitch Perfect where the side characters are not as developed as like Becca, then you can kind of make them your own more, which is more fun. That's really cool. I, I like how you said that you do have that freedom, especially with most of the side characters or most of the Bellas. You mm -hmm. don't know that much about them. And so you can literally kind of open up this whole persona that or backstory or personality that you can kind of run with. Yeah. So when did you get into Pitch Perfect then? Where did it all start for you? Um, it was after Pitch Perfect 2, I think. I saw Pitch Perfect 1 like after it came out, but I kind of was like, eh, about it. I don't know why. Um, but then my friend just dragged me to the movie, to the second movie in theaters. And I saw it and I was like, actually, this is super funny. So I started getting into it after that. And then... I think it was like over the summer it came out and we were bored. So we went to see it like three times in theater. So I kind of just got into it. And then I was just poking around on Tumblr and AO3 and saw like Book Chloe and the other shifts and kind of got into it from there. So when you started delving into the fandom, obviously you mentioned you found it on AO3 and Tumblr. 
when then were you like, I want to start creating stuff for this movie series? Yeah, I think it was like May or June of 2015 after the movie came out, Pitch Perfect 2. So it didn't take me that long. I was like already creating for different fandoms before that. So then it was like easy to kind of make the jump into this new one when I was, it was like so fresh and easy to kind of get lost in this fun world. So when did you start writing? So you've been writing before the Pitch Perfect fandom. Yeah, I started writing for Glee, actually, um, as a lot of people did, I feel like. I don't know when that was. I think it was like maybe 2011 or something, but I was still pretty young at that time. I think I was still a teenager. (laughs) So yeah, I think there is where I started and I did that for a while. And then after that, I did like a little bit of Pitch Perfect and then I went to the 100. And so I've done all those uh, fandoms where like the gay people go to. (laughs) (laughs) The ones that took your fancy, you were like, I've got to do this. Yeah, exactly. And I noticed that you, when I was looking through your AO3 account, that you started off, like you said, with the Chloe. I think there's like one of your stories is so many hits. Oh, yeah. It's it's so people just know it. It's like this big story that just kind of blew up. Yeah, it's that was the first one I wrote, actually. So it's the most popular one. Yeah, but it was the one where they're like fake engaged. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, it's called you. St- you still make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. People like that one, I guess. So, <laughs> I'm 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 grateful because I got me some people who are into my writing. So then I feel like I was able to convince more people to come to the rare pair ships from the Chloe. <laughs> I love it. That's such a good idea. It must be like daunting when you have a story that kind of gets fairly well known, and then you start delving off into other things and not knowing how people are going to react. Because a lot of people really do love the Chloe. And so venturing into other ships can be daunting. Yeah, I think it was a little difficult at first. I think especially because when Emily was like introduced, well, one, people were still really into the Chloe. And two, they like the headcanon that she's like their love child or whatever. So then that's like a popular headcanon for a lot of people, which I enjoyed it at first too. I won't say I won't, but... Or I didn't, but um, so then people were like, I just can't see it. And I was like, okay, then don't, <laughs> that's fine. But uh, I was just having fun with it. So that's it. It's one of the things I love talking to creators is that something just catches their inspiration with a ship and then they just need to delve into it and do that, you know, and sometimes there isn't any rhyme or reason to it. It's just something hooked in for you and you want to explore yeah. it further. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely interesting when it just kind of grips you a little bit and you weren't really expecting it, but now you're kind of like, hmm, I'm just going to see what this, what happens there, which is definitely kind of what I did with that Chloe and Flo one. Did not make sense at all, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to try. It's kind of fun. So I like to experiment with a lot of the different ships and the characters and stuff. And I think the Chloe was like a good jumping off point to do that, especially since there was already like an established audience. And it was like fun to get to know the characters of the universe through that. But then I, yeah, after that, I kind of just like to like hop around into different sandboxes. That's really cool. And then you can kind of just try things out with different characters and different ships. And like you said, who would have thought Flo and Chloe would come together in any way? Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. But (laughs) it's still fun. (laughs) 
I think also like I love the fact that you're not afraid to try different ships or just try unique ideas. One of the stories, I didn't know you'd wrote it till I was going through your catalogue and you've got the one about Becca turning into a hamster. And it's such an odd idea, but it's like strangely really gripping. Like, I really want this to work out. It was just such a random thing that happened. Oh God, yeah. When I was writing that, I just like was like crying laughing the whole time because it was just like so stupid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just like someone on a non- requested that for me and I was like okay whatever this is like dumb (laughs) but I'm gonna do it because it's funny so yeah then I just kind of did it and now it's like people just bring that fake up to me all the time so I'm sure even if some people listen to this they'll be happy that you brought it up so no matter what weird idea or ship you're willing to like give it a go (laughs) yeah I guess too like at least it's not boring so it's something different. So I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to try most things, I suppose. <laughs> so starting off with the Chloe, what was it then that you were like, I want to start writing Emily? What was it like that hooked you into that? Honestly, I like kind of don't know, but I suppose just in Pitch Perfect 2, we have the like the campfire scene and it's such like a potent a Chloe moment but at the same time like the same exact thing is kind of happening with Bemily like they kind of share the same type of look that but Chloe shares and you're kind of like what so I was like writing but Chloe at that time but at the same time I like I remember like posting on my tumblr like this is weird I kind of am into this but I don't know how like I would even go about doing it because I was so into but Chloe at that time that I was like this is so new and strange but then People were like, yeah, I can kind of see that, like a couple handful of people, like two. And I was like, hmm, okay. So then I just kind of started writing it and started giving it a go. And at the beginning, you kind of just have to experiment until you kind of like find the flow of the characters and that kind of thing. But then once I found it, I was like, hmm, I actually kind of prefer this ship. It's kind of fun. Yeah, I must admit, when I was sort of preparing to think about Bemily and I rewatched the movie, pitch perfect too there's like the lingering moments those like the way they've edited it where you do have these lingering looks between emily or becca and things like that that you're just like oh wait yeah i could i could see this editing is just super weird like (laughs) i don't know why they edited it like that like i think there's a lot of posts out there that are like if they didn't want me to ship this why they edit it like that and it's just kind of like really strange from like the campfire scene and then like when they're in the recording and stuff and you're like well why did she say that weird line like and you see kind of like the parallel where she's like becca with like commissar and is kind of like saying all these weird gay things and then with emily she's like you're really pretty and you're a tall glass of water or whatever and you're like what is going on here so it kind of just doesn't make sense and you know that they weren't trying to do anything with it but at the same time you're like why (laughs) (laughs) Your mind just hooks into it and you're just like, it's there now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So who is your favourite character? Well, probably Emily, if you couldn't tell from my URL. (laughs) I I would be shocked if it wasn't Emily. Yeah, I don't know. I just love her. She's just so sweet and like cute. (laughs) Um, But I think too, other than Emily, just like everyone, my favourite is Becca, probably. Um, I think so many people just relate to her and just her attitude but then like the ability that like the ability that she has to bring all the bells together and she's kind of rough on the outside but you know inside she's a big softy so 
I like both of them for for those kind of reasons. There is something about Emily Junk, like I don't know what it is. This, like you said, this is this whole innocence there, but at the same time, she's like got the most common sense out of all the Bellas. Like one hundred percent. Like all the Bellas <laughs> are doing crazy stuff, and in the background, she's like, "What?" Like, no. <laughs> I mean, especially in Pitch Perfect Three, like when they're all, <laughs> and she's like the only one giving like rational suggestions. But then even in the second one, like you immediately know all the Bella's like weird shenanigans and stuff so for you as an audience member you're like yeah that makes sense even though it doesn't and but she's a newcomer and you can see her just being like what the hell is going on here and I think that's kind of funny because then you're like yeah what the hell and because she's the youngest they like don't take on on board anything that she says half the time yeah yeah I think she just has like some funny lines too that are you know that like kind of betray like not necessarily like she's just like naive and innocent when she's just like you have a lovely vagina and like pick up your tits and like that kind of stuff like you can see that she kind of is in line with a lot of like similar stuff from the first movie that like Becca says they kind of were like we're gonna make her say some of these lines like just weird stuff that Becca those weird (laughs) one-off lines she says in the first one yeah definitely it just yeah it just works there's like there's just like this innocence but at the same time with those little lines you know that there's like something else there I don't know how to like describe it yeah for sure and so would you say that Bamley was your favorite ship yeah probably by now they're definitely (laughs) my favorite at the beginning I wanted to say like it was kind of a tie between them and Chloe, and that I kind of was just leaving the Chloe to experiment with this new ship. But I think now, like, it's pretty clear that they grip me. And now they're they're my favorite. They've just, like, come together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they got my heart. <laughs> Love it. That's it. And the nice thing is, as being a creator, is that you can just write how- so many stories of them just coming together and being a couple. Oh, yeah. I feel- I've definitely written a lot, and I feel like they're, like all the same but they're not they're all different but then at the end they all they all end together (laughs) so I don't know how people I mean I do it but I still don't know how I do it I just don't know how creators can just keep writing the same character getting together over and over and over and it's different every time and the same it's just nice (laughs) yeah and I think Emily and Becca is an interesting couple because a lot of the pairings Becca's the younger one like whether it's the Chloe or Mitchson or something like that. But mm-hmm. then when you have something like Bemily, Becca becomes the older one, which is an interesting kind of dynamic, I think, between the two of them. Because yeah. Emily's got all this innocence and, you know, it comes across as her sort of slight naivety sometimes in, and positivity that she has to sort of Becca's sort of, I don't know if it's pessimism or just her sort of standoffishness yeah for sure I feel like too when I was first starting that was like something that people didn't really like like as much they couldn't get into it because they were like well Emily is too young but then like the whole time I was like okay but Becca is the same with like (laughs) Mitchson or even like but Chloe a lot of people like Hedkin and that she was and Aubrey were like the same age or whatever so I was like I don't really care about that and I'm gonna like look into this and I think it's interesting because when Becca is the younger one, kind of like people are more intrigued because she ha- has like this 
I don't want to say maturity because I feel like it's not maturity, but it's like she thinks that she's mature. And but I think that we can like see kind of in the first one that she clearly is like just projecting that and like she needs to work through a lot of stuff like that's not necessarily mature, but she thinks because she's like rough and cool, then that like equates maturity, but it doesn't necessarily. And I feel like then when Emily comes, it's the opposite and she is like innocent. But as you were saying, like she has like all this clearly common sense and she clearly knows what's going on more than some of the other ones so like in a sense she does kind of have this like level up or like this maturity that could put them on more of a same level and I feel like Becca is in the same way that in the first one she kind of like bent to the like eagerness and the softness and the friendship of the Bellas like it's kind of the same with Emily like that innocence or that like optimism is something that she would like be attracted to as a character or just even just in her life not necessarily romantically but like you see with like chloe and stuff too and even jesse they all kind of those three have kind of a similar like disposition of like optimism and like goofiness and you can see that like that's kind of her type of character to like she doesn't want to or she like wants to pretend she doesn't want to like be into that type of character but she definitely is obviously yeah, that's very true. I, like you said, when you look at the characters that really kind of home in to Becca is Jesse, Chloe and Emily. They do all have that kind of similar optimistic, happy kind of personality, which just seems to go well with Becca's sort of grumpiness <laughs> or standoffishness. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's kind of just what it takes for her character to like crack open. So... Like all three of those relationship dynamics are just interesting and in the ones that kind of just like work out for her. But obviously that's why exploring the other ones are interesting too, like Mitchin, because it's not like that. But when it comes to like these characters, which are kind of the ones that end up romantically like resonating with the fandoms or whatever, then that's kind of the case. It's so interesting, especially with like a ship that's not as well known, something like Bemily where you can kind of like look into what brings the characters together or what attracts these two that writers are able to explore and to be able to kind of create their own content out of and and what readers enjoy as well, because it must be quite daunting delving into something like Bemily when it wasn't as well known and sort of saying, hey, here, here's this uh, thing that we've done with these two characters. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I feel like when I first started it, like there definitely was only maybe a couple fix out there, like three or something, like nothing huge. And when I first started getting into it, I was like, okay, no one knows what this is, or they don't ship it. They ship a Chloe 100% and or Mitchson or Triple Trouble. So I'm just going to try my thing. This character is new. And like, I feel like too going in from the first one into the second one, everyone glommed on to like the originals and Emily is just kind of a new character and you know something new is refreshing but it's also hard like to accept the new things when you like something already that is set in stone so yeah it was definitely interesting like trying to get it launched but and definitely daunting but at the same time that just means there's like no expectations so I kind of do what I wanted and that was fun. 
That's true. Unlike, say, the Bacloe ship, which has been around for so long, and people do, I think, have preconceptions now of, of those characters or those headcanons that have been built up over years of this ship being around, you have none of that. So you do have the freedom to just be like, okay, well, what am I going to do with this? Yeah, exactly. So that was definitely fun to uh, to do that. But even now, I still get comments, like probably my most common comments, common comment is like, uh, I didn't ship them, but I read this and now I do. So I guess it's like flattering. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, it's like just so interesting that people are like willing to click and like be, even if they don't ship it, they're interested enough or maybe they like read my probably my big but Chloe fic and they're like, well, I liked this fic. So maybe I'm just going to try this other one. And I, I guess I'm grateful that they give it a give it a try. Yeah, definitely. And then the, then they can venture some of the other weird ships like Chloe and see how they go with that. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. We'll make a, we'll make a big fandom out of that one yet. <laughs> it's like I was uh, I was doing an episode recently about the Chinese zodiac, and Jessica and Chloe were apparently like a really good matchup. And I was like, I wonder if like anybody has done Jessica and Chloe because that was a no- whole new thing. And I think I found like one fic on Ao3 that was this this whole thing, but I'd never thought of it before. I feel I'm kind of surprised that there's not just like at least a few more just because like obviously it's kind of weird but people like Brittany and Kelly as friends so like sometimes that bleeds over into like their ships like um so I'm kind of surprised that there's like not at least a couple more but especially because I feel even though they're like the most background characters like Jessica and Ashley like have fixed together so I'm kind of surprised that people were not like you know what I'm gonna try this you never know. Maybe this can start a whole thing. <laughs> That's all right. We're getting all the new ones going from from this episode. Chloe and Jessica, Chloe. So what is it about the Bear Malice ship then that you enjoy writing about? Mm. <laughs> That's hard to say because, yeah, I feel like when a ship grips you, sometimes there's not really reasons. But I feel like when I'm writing them, I really just like that. I think they're compatible, like, temperament wise like I feel I can't really see Becca like kind of going off or anything on Emily in the same way that she did like with Jesse or even Chloe like a little bit in the first one like if you like look at the second one or whatever like obviously at the riff off when she like messes up she's like no it's fine (laughs) or whatever so I kind of like that um I feel like Emily would definitely like bring out a super softness and Becca that is not necessarily it is there with chloe but sometimes with chloe it's like kind of more sexy where that's obviously fun too and not that emily couldn't do that or something but i feel like there's like more of an emotional softness that could come out that is always like fun to see in becca that everyone really likes and obviously what makes the movie so good is that at the end you can like see that blooming with her especially obviously at the end of the third one when she's like crying um so I like that. And then I think just like musically, like they're compatible, obviously, like the whole thing of the second one was that like they kind of needed each other. Like when it came to the music, like Becca needed her songwriting, Emily songwriting and Emily kind of uh, 
obviously like benefited from Becca like producing the song and they like worked on it together and they kind of vibed like that. So I feel like those are just some interesting dynamics that really work well with the pairing. Yeah, I like how you mentioned that sort of musically they have this connection because I think that's a big part of Pitch Perfect too is that Becca, she is a producer, but she needed a songwriter in order for this whole thing to kind of work out. And it ended up, you know, Emily was that songwriter and you got to see Becca learning to work creatively with another person and that whole dynamic that kind of came out to the end of the movie and them using that song. Yeah, exactly. It's an interesting one because like, I think with like Becca, you don't see it until you get Emily where she has this character that she kind of is a bit protective over. Yeah, for sure. I definitely like that aspect of it. And you and I feel like that has come up in like a lot of fix like you or you just kind of when I'm writing them or something, then you kind and and too like you see it too with Fat Amy, like kind of not bullying <laughs> Emily, but like she definitely is like a little abrasive, but that's just her character to all the characters. So <laughs> um but yeah, like even too like in the third one when like she says something and they all kind of like go to Emily's aid and Becca's like holding Fat Amy back or whatever. I think it's just like a really nice um, dynamic that could like open a lot of opportunity for several different like directions to go in. Um, like whether it's like her being protective of Emily's feelings or maybe she's getting jealous or maybe even Emily coming back and being like, I don't need you to do this, but I like it. So I think that's like a really interesting aspect of their relationship. It's great that you sort of see those moments and then you're able to kind of run with that into stories that kind of come up in your mind. Like you said, that you could see that playing out and then find lots of options of how maybe a character reacts to that or what you could write about along those lines. Yeah, for sure. I guess that's like the best part about creating the original content from movies that are just so like silly and they're not really like serious feeling based for the most part they're just really kind of plot heavy especially after the first one so you can kind of just like do whatever you want like with the aspects of their emotions or like how they might react because there's not really any like necessary canon evidence that will say this is how they react there's only like canon like possibilities that can open up I like that canon possibilities like (laughs) (laughs) It opens little doors, but you can choose which one to go through and it doesn't like force you to go in a certain direction. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I don't know what it is about Fat Amy and Emily, like the third movie, where did that like come from? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I don't know. I guess they just thought that. I'm sure they thought it was it was just funny in, in comedy, <laughs> but that's why they kind of just do what they want as the writers of of the movie. Like they're just not real. they're comedy based, right? They're not like <laughs> yeah. we have to stick to these characters, and, and they're just there for laughs. So we can kind of do what we want with it. So right, you should get some protective Becca. So it's okay. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's really interesting with an unknown, like or as not as common ship that you're able to kind of draw these things out. And Emily has kind of picked up steam over the past few years. It does seem like a number of creators have kind of hooked into this ship and are able to kind of be inspired to make content. 
So for you, when did Bemley Week start? Because that's coming very soon. Yeah, sure. Oh, I think the first one, we've been doing it for a few years now. And the first one, I think, was in 2018. And I actually created it with um, Cole, who is but Chloe, huh? But at some point, he also was Chloe Beale. And he wrote Favorite Record the book Chloe like road trip one that's super popular and we like kind of started it together in 2018 but then yeah he kind of went away from the fandom for a while just like take a break so I just kept it going but it started in 2018 and and since then it just like every year like around this time I've just been like are people still interested in this and every year they're like yeah let's do it so we're still going (laughs) so I don't know how how many more years or whatever if people will still be interested or if I'll still have time or if I'll be doing different things but for now it's still going it's really cool that you have the interest there to keep doing it yeah I don't know why I guess they just gripped into me as ship and they're now they're just like my favorite ship so since then I definitely have even gone into new fandoms like that I've been writing for but yeah I always am still coming back to them so yeah I don't know how long the interest will last but hopefully a few more years. In creating Beverly Week then obviously it's been going for a few years but what astonishes me is the amount of work that has to go into putting Beverly Week or something like Beverly Week or like I spoke to creators of Horror Week and it's not like here's a week and do whatever you want there's like a lot of preparation that goes into getting there. Yeah, sure. I know. Especially the Horror Week people, I'm like so blown away by them because I feel like that's so much more broad and like coming up with themes that remain interesting like for that. And they're not just like extremely specific. Like I think those weeks generate so much like creative content that was really fun. But yeah, it's a little bit of work, mostly just because you have to kind of keep posting to make sure that the interest is still there and then honestly like I'm not very good at graphics or anything so like like Cole used to do it when he was doing it with me but now I just kind of like beg my girlfriend to do it for me because she's good at photoshop (laughs) so um there's like a little bit of work I don't have to do personally and I just like spawn off on someone else but yeah like getting all the themes out there and making like creating the voting poll it's not like an overwhelming amount of work but it definitely is still like challenging in those aspects that you just kind of have to like keep doing it and keep remembering and like do it regularly like posting regularly so that people will remember to do it so when does it all start when do you have to start thinking about the next family week like for this year when did you have to start sort of preparing for it yeah geez like I feel personally like when since it starts in March like when the new year hits I usually start thinking about it um and definitely in the past I felt like I was thinking about it earlier in the year too (laughs) but this year I kind of was like um I started writing like another fake that was super long for like the victorious fandom and I was like oh my god I forgot about Bemily week it's coming up and like (laughs) my other Bemily friends were like are you still gonna do it and I was like yeah I'm still gonna do it but shoot now I gotta start it (laughs) like literally like the next week I was like oh shoot it's time I gotta do this and I think it was uh like the end of January or like the first week of February where I was like okay and like two days later I was like putting it out there like are you guys still interested so 
yeah but people responded and so then when I kind of just started to get the ball rolling and it definitely takes at least like two weeks of prep for me because I want to give people like a week to kind of think about suggestions for themes that they want to send in and like give them a chance. I don't want to just be like, send it in. I'm going to put the vote up or like the pull out tonight. Like sometimes people just like think of it randomly, like a couple days later. So I'm going to give them like a week to do that and like a week to vote um, in case they like change their mind and they would want to vote for something different instead because they were like thinking about ideas or something like that. So it definitely takes at least like two weeks prep before everything goes. And then like, I like to give a month before because that's usually how long it takes me to end up writing like something for every day if I choose to do that. Um, and like participating every single day is difficult. So I like to give people a lot of time. I know most people like work best at procrastinate, like when they procrastinate and go to the deadline anyway. So I'm sure it would have been fine <laughs> if I put it at the end, but just in case I like to give people like a month to kind of start working on it and um, start generating the content. You've got like this period where people need to send in prompts and then you've got to sort through and do a voting of that and then also then give people enough time to start writing around those things before the week kind of hits. Yeah, exactly. A month and a half. A month and a half. So it's like a lot you have to like think about in like preparation for this week that's going to come up. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like too, it's if I was just like putting it out there and I wasn't creating anything, it might not be as much. But like then when I'm doing it, I'm also like thinking about what I want to do for it. And then like, so I'm also running it, but I'm also trying to create some content too. Cause I know that at least if no one else participates, I will at least put something out there and it won't like 100% flop, just like 99% flop. <laughs> but so far, <laughs> so far that hasn't been the case. So is it quite difficult to pick out the themes when you get suggestions in um for the most part I kind of put all of them up there as suggestions like the only ones I don't do are like ones we've already done um just because I want to do something new and then like sometimes people put like really specific ones like paragraph long specific ones and I'm like okay I gotta like make this general like like someone definitely like was trying to suggest like some very intricate like Captain America like one and that just went and became superpowers which people ended up voting for and is now going to be a theme but yeah so when it's like that I'm kind of like okay I have to take this really specific prompt and make it general because not everyone is going to be like yes I want to write this Captain America Winter Soldier like sucky AU theme but people are definitely gonna be like yeah I want to write about superpowers so then that person can write what they wanted or, or do whatever, make a video or do whatever they wanted. And then the other people can also participate. That's true. Yeah, it must be difficult, like trying to sort of narrow things down so that you can give prompts that people can kind of run with. Yeah, they have to be kind of condensed, I guess. But like, for the most part, I end up if, pe if someone suggests it, I usually put it up there as an option, because at least one person wanted it. And other people might vote for it. So um, I guess what's hard is I don't know people who are not creators might be voting and then all the creators might have voted for like something that did not get a lot of votes. Um, so I guess that's like a challenging thing. But like for the most part, it's nice that I don't have to choose. And I just like we like let the people who are going to participate in the week choose. And I think that helps with like generating more content. It's interesting because you would get like creators suggesting stuff and consumers 
on both sides so like you don't know necessarily where it's coming from but obviously you've got the interest there from people who do want to create and those who want to consume the content yeah exactly and I think it's like important to have both because you definitely like want the creators to create things so you have to put like prompts up that they're going to want to fulfill but at the same time like the consumers aren't going to consume things that they don't want to consume so you kind of like they put their options up there and you kind of hope that there will be some mash or like some crossover that uh both will want and so far it has been good like i don't think we've had any like disappointing um themes or weeks or anything in the past so Hopefully it's still like that. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like doing an event like this, which is very creator focused or community focused, like weeks like this or Bemily week works because you have to get the community or pitch perfect fandom community involved. Yeah, for sure. I think it's like helpful that, well, one, it was a little bit helpful that I came from Bacloe and like that people found my fic from before my other fics like popular they made them popular so I kind of had like a little bit of like or had more people following or at least interested so I could kind of pull more in from the community um as well as like Cole because he was like a super big name in 2015 before he left us but it's also like yeah it's invigorating that it's so creator focused because I know there's going to be so much new content but it's also anxiety inducing because like what if they don't create any content and they all said they were going to but like obviously like being creative is so difficult and you know sometimes you just burn out or you say you're going to but things happen and you get busy and whatever and especially with like we're getting so far from the time period from when like the original canon content was being released that like obviously the further we get from when the movies came out the fandom dies a little bit and as well as like family's not as much of a huge ship so at that I don't know the crossroads of those two like coming together I'm always like oh gosh like I hope I hope people like do end up participating and that like it wasn't all just like okay I'm excited for this and I'm gonna vote and stuff because I love this week and then we're all just like okay I hope the other people post because I'm too tired (laughs) so it's definitely tedious to create content but you kind of I kind of always am like okay I have to do it so that at least at least I post if no one else does it and I think weeks like this are always I mean I'm not a creator in the sense I can write or something but I think when you have a list of prompts like this it's a really interesting creative challenge You know, you could write the stuff that you're inspired to write, obviously, and that's great. But I mean, when I was studying photography and we would be given challenges around a word and the idea that everybody would create something around the same suggestion, but they would all be completely different. And you got to see how like different creators tackled the same challenge at the same time. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that's like, that's definitely like my favorite part about it is you put the prompt out there and you kind of think like, I don't know, especially just because I'm a creator, like in my brain, something pops up. So I'm always like, this is what I'm thinking. And I'm always just like, so shocked when other people just like do something that's different just because I didn't think of it in that way. But obviously that's the most like invigorating part is that like, especially we've had a lot of like tropey 
themes over the years like that people love like roommates or soulmates or whatever so it's like so interesting and just like captivating when people like subvert it or they just like do something that you completely weren't expecting and I feel like if you're not a creator and you're a consumer this is like more like randomly exciting because you know that's going to happen but like when you're a creator it's just in your head and like this one path I feel like so then it's more like a surprising like kind of like joy or like pleasantness because you definitely weren't expecting it because it's not what you were thinking so I think just the different aspects of like everyone focusing on the same thing but then there's nothing that's the same is like just so great and especially with the different forms of media like yeah there's like fic writing but yeah like you were saying with photography like people could create different edits or playlists or like over the past few years we've had more like fan artists too I feel like the first year there weren't really any but now there's definitely a couple so it's always like exciting to see the different media like forms that come out that are not just like writing which is what it kind of was very heavy at the beginning maybe because people are tired and they don't want to write a full-on thick but it's definitely just you know it's equal amount of work to create like a video or like some of the people create like these social media AUs that are like so intricate and I know they take it like all day to make and all this stuff so it's always interesting to see just like the many different paths people could go off from like one prompt Definitely. And I think that's like an important thing because you often forget that there are so many different ways that somebody could be creative in a fandom, not just writing. You know, like I could probably do more with Photoshop than I could do with a Word document trying to write something. So what are like the different ways that people can take part in Bemily Week? Sure. Well, pretty much anything that they can think of. Um I suppose like writing is probably the most popular one that comes out, but probably the second most popular one is like mood boards. There's always a whole bunch of like mood boards um, or edits. There's definitely been videos before. Um, and like I said, like the social me- media edits, which you probably would be good at at Photoshop. Like some of them are so intricate and good. And like, we always say like playlists, if you want to create playlists for like an AU or something that you don't want to write, but maybe you have a good like song progression or something, that's always fun. Um, but pretty much anything, but if you can think of it and it's creative and you can make it for it, like we welcome it. Nice. So like, yeah, you could do anything. Yeah, exactly. And I always like, I'm interested to see if people will like create new forms of putting the content out there, like especially just like over the years different like photoshop trends and stuff as i'm sure you know like or have seen like different ways to make gifts it's like on lettering or shadows or just like the way that i don't know they had that big cool like 3d like effects on gifts at one point on tumblr so it's like so interesting to just see how people like will use the changing like trends and the technology and what we're able to do to like create new different stuff which leads us to this year so what are the themes for Bemily Week 2021? All right. Well, so when we were first starting it, we accidentally made eight days because we like approved seven topics. But then we were like, well, we also want free choice. So actually there's eight days. <laughs> so it's <laughs> Bemily Week plus one. But we have um, Coffee Shop AU or not AU. It doesn't have to be AU, but Coffee Shop, Secret Agent, Taylor Swift, Snow Day, Superpowers, Dancing, 
uh, Skater Girl, and then an extra Free Choice Day. So I think a lot of those prompts are are super good. I was really actually surprised we haven't had Coffee Shop yet since this is like the fourth year. And like, that's such a fandom, like favorite trope. Everyone loves Coffee Shop fix. So the fact that we hadn't had that one was interesting. Some of them this year are like really creative. Like they definitely opened so, so many doors for creativity, like superpowers and secret agent, um, like that allow you to either like move within the canon in a creative, new, interesting way or to like go into alternate universe type deals. So I'm super excited for, for a lot of the days. And Bamini Week is happening from the 7th to the 14th, right? Yes, correct. They're such exciting themes. There's like so many different things that you could do with them. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely just like a lot of different pathways you could go down um, with some of them are like, obviously they are a little bit AUE, like no one has superpowers, but you never know. Someone's going to say like those ordinary superpowers or like those everyday superpowers. I'm sure like that you always see like, what's your everyday superpower or whatever. I'm sure someone would do that. So it's like, it kind of, even the ones that you think are going to go, you know, you're going to get someone who can fly or whatever in the fic and then the creator is going to go, no, like we're sticking in the universe. So that's why I'm like super excited for them because they just like offer so many different options to go down. And I think a lot of the options too, like have the ability to like create or like they like open the door to create content that's super visual too, which is super fun. Like I think secret agent or like superpowers um, or especially like dancing, which is such a huge part of the franchise, obviously Um, it's a music franchise. So these like, allow creators to create a lot of visual content which I feel like in the past hasn't necessarily been difficult but I feel like some of them are really more like I don't know you kind of have to like write sort of to get like the idea across like it's really hard to visually portray like roommates or something like you could do like a cute little mood board or something but like it's not going to be as fun or creative probably visually as like superpowers or something where you could definitely really do like something visually creative with that so that's exciting about this year I think yeah especially the things like secret agent or skater girl you could probably find some really great visuals to run with if you're doing like a mood board or a social media posts or something like that yeah for sure 100% I mean even even Taylor Swift as a theme like yeah there's, there's a lot you could do with that yeah for sure I think we've been like pushing for that one like it's been on an option for like the past three years but like it was falling up short people weren't voting for it but then this year yeah they were like taylor swift but probably because she released like a lot of new albums (laughs) and i think just like lyrically i think that's interesting too because i don't think we've ever just had like a person (laughs) as a theme but you know everyone likes to make their like ao3 titles lyrics or or do song fix or that kind of thing so i think it's interesting and that day we'll probably have a lot of like emo type uh content created for it so i'm looking forward to that well you did wasn't it oh yeah taylor swift brought out her last album on like emily dickinson's birthday or something oh yeah so like you never know (laughs) For sure, I definitely saw that, and there was like all these like Haley, like crossover posts with that, and yeah, people just like love to, you know, (laughs) 
to use like weird um stuff from her life like those little easter eggs and all the stuff that she's so into and and put them into their like fix and edits and stuff so i'm sure it will make a lot of really cute um results what theme excites you the most like as from a creator side you're like oh that one's the one uh, i want to jump on i don't know it's hard to choose um like <sighs> hmm I kind of want to say coffee shop because I've been doing this like coffee shop series where I did one like it was supposed to just be like a cute little like autumn fic where they're in a coffee shop but then I ended up writing a sequel where it's like winter so now it's kind of like a whole seasonal thing and it takes place like Emily works at Starbucks so that's where I work so she really is just like a self-insert for me yeah so I'm kind of like ooh, well this like allows me to go for the next the next one but the one that like probably like i immediately saw it and like i just got a huge like a vibe in my head was probably superpowers so there's probably i probably will do that one and then i don't know skater girl is such like a good image um i think especially for those two characters like they're really fun to fit into that type of prompt um especially I know that like a long time um i don't know if you know the another creator sylvie who like has in the past done like junction and stuff did a a skater girl au and for the longest time i was like you should do a bemily au of your one au and she was like you do it and so now finally i'm like okay fine i am going to <laughs> so we'll see if that happens but i'm just excited for the days that are are definitely more creative i feel like in the past like the tropey ones have been difficult because i wanted to do something new and it's like kind of hard to do something new for like soulmates like all the soulmate AUs and things have been done before so i feel like these new ones that are kind of like more like not necessarily like canon like rooted like superpowers or something or secret agent are definitely going to be like more challenging but probably produce a lot of more fun results there's such big topics some of them and you're just like oh like there's so many routes that you could go down like with secret agent I just the whole idea that that's in there somewhere like it just makes me think of Becca and Emily with like the dark glasses on or something <laughs> yes like totally just like something just like weird and you can definitely just like kind of create a whole world here where like the rules are definitely 100% different but at the same time maybe like they're not because I mean what even was going on at the end of Pitch Perfect 3 that could be secret agency somehow so you like never know what what the creators are gonna do like it, I feel like my instinct with those ones are always to go like AU or something but no people always just like will subvert your expectations so I'm definitely looking forward to see what what happens it's going to be exciting. Yeah, for sure. So for those who want to take part in Bemily Week, are there any rules or anything that they, they need to know? Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much, like, I would say there's only really two rules. The first rule is, like, hardly even a rule. But if you want me to see the content and reblog it to the Bemily Week blog, then you have to tag it with Bemily Week Day 1 or Bemily Week Day 2, etc. Um, for whatever day that you're posting for. Um, and that's how you're, I'm going to be able to like see all the posts and reblog them so that people can share them and like consume them. Other than that, there's not really any rules, except I would say maybe the golden rule of humanity is we just obviously want people to be respectful and like 
treat the day like good and not, you know, drag on anyone who created anything or that kind of stuff. So as far as rules go, that's probably the only thing. Otherwise, it's like pretty open. Like you don't have to create. You don't have to create for every day. You can honestly, you can create three months from now. And if you tag it, I will still reblog it. Like um, pretty much the rules are it's just really open. It's just for fun and hoping that people will create content and consume the content and the ship will uh, get new stuff that will help keep it alive for another year. Yes. <laughs> I love that as well that, you know, there is no pressure that if you can only do one day or three days of the week, that's absolutely fine. Like whatever subjects take your fancy, you can kind of delve into those. And like you said, if you start writing and maybe you start creating and it's not ready, you can always post it later and that's fine. Yeah, 100%. And I feel that has definitely been done in the past. Like one person just finished last year's family week like in December or something but I still was reblogging all the content and stuff because I mean they worked on it and it went with the themes and that's fine and the week is kind of just the week for where it is supposed to be but like if you created content for the week and it wasn't during the week like honestly good for you because creating content is so hard and um you know if you stuck with it and put more more stuff out there for family uh then I kudos to you. So I'm still gonna as a Bemily week, I still track the tags all year long. So if you post late or something, I, I'll still see it. And like, honestly, if, if you don't see me see it, and it's like November or something, you can like DM it to me and I will still reblog it. That's really cool. Especially that like, there's no pressure to kind of like feel that you have to get it done. But also, people do want to see it. Like, people still want to enjoy it, even if it's not during that week, like you can still put the content out there and and take part and people will love to see it yeah for sure I feel like even in some cases like maybe that was good because like the one content that just like was finished posting at the end of last year I was like oh good maybe now people will be like oh yeah but my week's coming up again so um, you know like as long as it's going all year round you know sometimes that's even better <laughs> <laughs> Just keep family going. That's exactly. it. <laughs> That's just the end goal. <laughs> keep it alive. So what do you hope that like creators and like readers or consumers of content will get out of family week? Honestly, I just hope everyone has a good time. And uh, I hope that people like will feel creatively stimulated, I guess. When I'm like doing the week, that's kind of just like all I want is if one of the themes just like sparks my interest or or whatever, like that just brings a certain kind of joy. And I know that like as consumers, obviously, when you get new content, that is like extremely pleasing and um, makes you happy. So I kind of hope that they will get that from that. Um, and I know that like creating content like for fandom and stuff um, also like will like stimulate you to create outside of that, too. So I kind of just hope it's like really fulfilling um, for both like creators and consumers and then yeah like I hope that they will it will kind of once again just like breathe new life and in, into the ship to uh, keep it keep it alive I just like love the characters and and their dynamic together so every time that there is new content created for it or someone even just like comments on something that I've done and it, it, I wrote it like two years ago or something then it just like you know breathes new life into me as like a creator and um I know other creators feel the same too that's awesome I think um 
I think as well, just that having these opportunities to try something new or these challenges can really help someone creatively. It might spark something that you didn't have an idea of before or just take you down an avenue you didn't expect just from having a word or a challenge to just tackle and have a go at. Yeah, for sure. I know that when I was like doing the when I was participating in Pitch Perfect Horror Week, I was like, oh, this is a good idea for my fic. But then I kind of was like, this would be really interesting to like, you know, explore this outside of this universe and just in its own universe. So I know that even in just like people's everyday lives, like even just consuming this stuff can really like boost creativity and like ideas and even just like your everyday morale, like going through through the day. So that's honestly just like all I hope for is that it just kind of like, uh, you know sparks joy <laughs> there you go does it spark joy that is the question yes exactly <laughs> miss condo is looking at family weeks does it spark <laughs> joy yes and i think as well from like a reader perspective or a consumer perspective just the being open to looking at new things or trying new things like i've always found it quite exciting since i started the podcast delving into new ships that i didn't really know about or consume before and just like really like opening up a whole world of new stuff that you didn't know. And and it wasn't until I kind of dove into a few family fix and just being like, whoa, this, this works. I can see it. And the sweetness between the two characters and just how it all works. And it's quite exciting with rare pairs to be able to see how people tackle these and to take these characters and just see how it all plays out and adding something completely new that maybe as an enjoyer of content, I never even thought about. Yeah, for sure. I know as like creators, we like love consumers like you <laughs> because it's like just anyone who will like give it a chance or, um, you know, it's kind of just like trying a new food. Like sometimes you're, you kind of are like, no, I'm not going to like that, but I guess I'll just like give one bite. And then you're like, actually, maybe I do like this or maybe you don't, but at least you tried it. And for that, I'm always, always grateful. And I feel like too, when just new people come in and they're like, well, I, I definitely didn't see this before, but now I do. And like, they come in with a new perspective as well. And like, sometimes their comments will open new things that I didn't even think of, or um, they'll like comment on something that maybe I didn't even mean to do, but they are like different perspective kind of like helps them notice it because they came from a different ship or something where I've been writing Bemily and I've kind of been living in Bemily for so long um, even if I've ventured into the other ships a little bit throughout that time or whatever I feel like they've been my main ship or something that I kind of get gotten rooted into the specific way that I like them or I do them but not everyone sees it the same way or does it the same way and like as consumers you kind of know what you like to consume and you might like it from one creator, but not from another. But like when a consumer comes to me as something and they're like, I saw something different or I saw something uh, new or refreshing in this, someone else's work or in your work, then I'm always like, oh, I didn't think about that before. And it's so like rejuvenating to have like new readers or new commenters that can kind of breathe even a new life into a ship that I kind of have settled into. Definitely. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been, it's going to be really interesting. I'm, I'm excited for Bemily Week. Well, good. We are excited that you uh, would give us a try. <laughs> well, I hope it really goes well. Just to remind people if they wanted to take part, if they want to look out for Bemily Week, when's it happening? What's, what can they look out for? 
Yeah, so the first day is Sunday, March 7th, and the last day is Sunday, March 14th. Um, we have eight days, not seven. Um, and yeah, they can always follow the Bemily Week blog on Tumblr, which is just bemilyweek.tumblr.com. Um, I'm, I track like several Bemily Week tags. I track the Bemily tag too. So honestly, if you post Bemily content, probably will see it. But I track Bemily Week and Bemily... And I will see if you post content for any of the weekdays, you can say Bemily Week Day 1, Bemily Week Day 2, etc. All the way through Bemily Week Day 8. And um, I'll see it. And as consumers, if you want to do that, then I also recommend that. Well, while I recommend you follow the blog, that's where all the content will be in one place. But also you can track all the tags too. And just to remind people of the days. So it starts off Sunday the 7th with Coffee Shop. Then you got Secret Agent. Taylor Swift, Snow Day, Superpowers, Dancing, Skater Girl, and Free Choice. Yeah, you got it. And so, like, Free Choice is literally what anybody chooses to do. Yeah, we kind of, like, put that in there because, you know, everyone votes on the themes or whatever, but obviously a lot of people suggested themes that didn't get picked. So now is your, like, opportunity to either do a theme that you wanted to do that didn't get picked picked in there um or to kind of just like have a free-for-all like i know like for one year i wasn't writing anything so i just told people to send me mood board ideas and i did like 10 mood boards or something so um like it's all kind of that kind of stuff too and it just really opens it up for pretty much like a last day there's no pressure like no theme that you actually have to like do you can kind of just do whatever you want and if your topic is doesn't even have to be a real topic and just be bemily so here's like a playlist that's bemily like that's pretty much all um all you have to do for a free choice day so it kind of just like eases off the pressure the last day it's a last just like fun hurrah for either to like do something you didn't get to do for the rest of the week or to just do something that is like really hands-off and no pressure i like it it's gonna be good well thank you so much for talking to me today well, thank you for having me on to talk about Bemily Week. I'm hoping that um, being on the podcast will also generate some more interest in it. And um, maybe people will, will come to it and come next year. Definitely, yes. And if they want to see anything, they just need to head over to Bemily Week on Tumblr. Yes. And if they wanted to check out any of your stuff, where can they check out your, your stuff? Yeah, they can follow me on Tumblr. I'm at emilyjunk.tumblr.com. And on AO3, I am Where Hope Lies. That's also linked on my, on my Tumblr, too. In our fan fiction highlights this week, we have got Becca and Chloe in an apartment in New York. We have got a very angsty fic all about death and a fun little fic where Becca is just too oblivious for her own good that just drives Chloe over that edge. Starting off with the fic She Used to Meet Me on the East Side by Head As Wolf on AO3. The summary says, after college, Becca and Chloe move into a railroad apartment in New York. Having to walk through Chloe's room to get to her own won't be a problem for Becca, right? On an unrelated note... Why are there butterflies in Becca's stomach whenever Chloe is around, a.k.a. the one where Becca keeps walking into Chloe's room at the absolute worst times? 
So even from the summary of the story, I was very intrigued because it just sounds really fun. And when you delve into it, I love the way that the author had tied this all together to attach to the back end of Pitch Perfect 2. And so it's not really canon compliant, but I love how the events transpired that gets you to the point where Becca and Chloe are going to move in together in New York and Fat Amy doesn't come along. The little details that are in there from the moment of them winning world to getting back to Barden and then moving on and moving into their new apartment and just like all the little details of them starting this life as they move away from college and start to build life for themselves and it's kind of really sweet as well to see Becca and Chloe working out the dynamics of living together in this new apartment and kind of building up their own lives and I thought that was so sweet just all these little things like what it was like when they first moved in and trying to get their house all set up and preparing for their jobs and all these little life things that they were doing and they're doing it together and there's some really touching moments in there of this kind of new adventure or of this new adventure that they're going on and that they're going on it together and the fact that they do have each other in this next step of their lives there's also like little quirky things in there which I really enjoyed there's one moment in the fic where it just talks about Becca's noticing all this stuff that Chloe does that maybe she didn't notice before when she was living in the full Bella's house like Chloe buying way too much stuff for the bathroom and all this stuff that they're having to try and work out and so there's lots of like little dynamics that they're trying to get used to with just the two of them in this apartment and a lot of the fic is all from Becca's perspective so you get to kind of walk through things with her and obviously not only are they trying to get used to each other in this one space but also the fact that the apartment is a bit unique it's like a corridor and Chloe's room is like in the middle so when Becca wants to go to her room she's got to walk through Chloe's room every time and it's quite fun then delving into the chapters of the story because there's lots of things that are happening in and around the summary as, as it mentions and so you get all these life moments and them carrying on with their lives but then you're waiting for the moments when the awkward bits happen in the apartment because you know they're coming like every single time in the chapter Becca will accidentally walk in on a moment she wished she hadn't walked in on and so... I just had like great pressure waiting for those moments to happen. It was quite a bit of fun. And at the same time, you do have... We love it. We love it. Becca, the oblivious one. Not sure of her feelings. Like, it's all there. And through this situation and the fact that I think being alone with Chloe is allowing Becca to realize who she is a bit more and her feelings about Chloe as well so like through the story Becca's like feeling things but not sure what it is until it kind of drops and she's like oh wait I actually like Chloe this is the whole thing so you get lovely little awkward Becca moments and of course as you would expect with anything where Becca's gonna have to walk through Chloe's room Chloe's pretty confident about most things so 
you get some lovely awkward Becca moments, which you would expect. And I am all here for it. It's a sweet story and it's multi-chapter as well. So you've got like a load of things you can delve into. And like every chapter, you are just waiting for that awkward moment to drop because you know it's coming. And it's like a lot of fun looking out for it. The next story that we're going to delve into is a story called Till Death Do Us Part by Josie1986. The summary says, Chloe dies in the hospital after an accident, but when Becca wakes up on the day the accident would take place, she realises she's got a second chance. Will she be able to stop the accident from happening? This fig is available on AO3 and... Can I just say with this fic, originally read this, I think, when it was like a one shot and it was just the first chapter. And I remember reading this and just it ripped my heart out and like stomped on it. It was just like I just left it there and I was like, oh, my word. This cannot end like this. Like this is horrific. Like the whole first chapter is literally, as it says in the summary, Chloe dies in hospital. That is the first chapter of this whole fic. And it is just so angsty and sad. I I remember reading it just being like, what the heck? And so when I then heard that there was a second chapter and then it picked up from there, I was so intrigued because I was like, how on earth are you going to go from writing that Chloe dies to then rectifying that and turning this into a a love story? Like, it didn't make sense. I was like, how is this going to work? Because it was so angsty what happened in chapter one. I was just like, I I was also slightly afraid. I was like, do I want to know how this is going to go? Because I feel like every chapter when I was reading it was left on a cliffhanger. Like, seriously. When you thought everything was going to pick up and be fine, they would throw something in there just to then be like, ha, you'd have to wait till the next time. Like, every single time there was a cliffhanger... And you'd like, you'd pick yourself up and be like, okay, this is going to work out now. This is going to work out now. And then something else would happen. It just blew my mind. So I, I kind of waited till this was completely finished to put it in my highlights. Because I was like, fair play for like destroying me as you wrote this. It's also really interesting to throw something like this, which is a little bit like different and at the same time a big part of your focus is on how this is all going to play out and the fear of this accident happening characters dying and like so you have all of that happening and then alongside that you then have what you would normally expect from like a Bacloe fic which is you know the two characters getting together or something like that is the focus on the love story so it was really interesting having this whole other side to it which has made you kind of sit on edge the whole time you are reading it. And it really does like take you there. The whole story just like keeps you going, man. It's impressive. It's a little bit out there as a story, like it does deal with like death and maybe like ideas around what could happen after death and like the artistic licensing that had gone into that. And I thought it was quite clever the way that they had done that part of the story because it could have been quite daunting and some of the symbolism in there there's this moment where becca's in a room and she has to decide whether or not to rest or to break through the walls to return and and all this stuff and 
the kind of symbolism of the walls caving down and and stuff was just like i just loved it it just made my imagination go wild so it was such an intriguing story and quite different and yeah very emotional an emotional ride but i i felt like by the end of the story it had reached a conclusion that i was happy with like i i felt fulfilled by the ending and my final fic highlight this week is called wine pancakes and stars oh my by astraeus on ao3 the summary simply says chloe gets angry and becca can only deduce that she's the reason why aka chloe can't hold it in any longer and becca is oblivious this is a really fun little one shot that I was very intrigued by and it just caught me by surprise because I think often you read stories of oblivious characters and often Becca seems to be the oblivious one. It just fits her very well. And often it's to the point where they're trying to get together or like they don't know each other's feelings and they don't know or they don't know how they feel and that's all working out. And this kind of threw that to the wind a little bit and I don't want to give too much away to what happens in the one shot. But there just seems to be a little bit of miscommunication. And Becca just clearly did not read the signs. Like, I loved it. It was so good. It was just such a fun little story. So Becca and Claire are living together. And they end up kind of doing a lot of things together. As you know, their housemates is what they do. And... You have this really sweet beginning to the story. It's like, you know, they're just having a fun time at the apartment. And yet, as this is all happening and the story's rolling out, Becca starts to realise that Chloe just seems a little bit frustrated. Or there's just something that Becca's not picking up. To the point where, as it says in the summary, Chloe just kind of loses it. And as the reader, you kind of are stuck with Becca a little bit because you're not sure what has gotten into Chloe. You kind of read into it a little bit and you're just kind of like, Becca, I think I know. <laughs> I think I know what's happening here, but you need to get there. You follow poor Becca as she just knows something's not right. Something's not good with Chloe. She's kind of exploded. She's angry. And yet she can't figure out why on earth chloe is this upset and it kind of goes through becca trying to figure it out where she's like replaying everything in her mind trying to figure out okay what happened that evening where it went from so sweet to chloe literally blowing up and it's quite fun as well because chloe's not the type of character that you picture very often losing her temper so it's quite fun when it's chloe that kind of just loses it she's lost patience she's had enough like that's it and while it's not like a huge blow up you know that chloe's hurting and this this little issue this thing whatever it is it just hasn't been resolved and becca is trying to rack her brains as to how to resolve this thing it's her best friend like what is going on and while they, as the reader you have like little inklings that you think you know when it finally comes out what has made chloe so upset i wasn't quite prepared for it i must admit like it just shows that there was a whole load of things going on and both of them were reading into the situation very differently 
And I felt like a little bit sorry for Chloe because it was just like, oh man, like I am so glad this didn't become angstier because this could have gone really angsty. And Becca could have just lost everything by just not picking up the signs. But it was also like, Chloe, did you like... I know you probably were hoping for the best, but this is Becca we're talking about. And clearly she did not pick up the same things that you were thinking was happening here. Like between the two of them, it was just like a big mess. And this whole like fun little story came out of it. And it's a lot of fun to read and just like the bizarreness of this whole thing. And in the end, you just kind of, you just end up shaking your head at Becca because you're just like, oh my word. How? How did how did this happen? It's sweet, it's quirky, and after reading some angsty fix, this one was just a great one, just to pull it all together. Those are our highlights for this week. If you're taking part in Bemily Week, I'm looking forward to it. I'm interested to see how it's all gonna go and just like delve into the world of Bemily. Good luck, and I hope it goes well. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Of course, if you want to keep up to date, we are on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at PitchSlapPod. And we have set up a Ko-Fi account if you want to give us any support. Thank you so much for all the support that you are giving me and for like listening to the podcast is amazing. I'll see you next time, pitches.